Welcome to another faith-building message from Samuel Pada, pastor of the King's Temple in Hyderabad, India. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. We've been looking at for a couple of weeks, or a little more than that, on serving God and that how it is an honor to serve God. Is everybody on the same page with me? All right. Now you've been hearing me speaking about the, the blessing of serving God. And almost everybody has said amen to that. And you have agreed with me. But my question is, have you mentally agreed only? Because if you believe what I'm sharing, if you believe that's the word of God, you will not just sit back and say, yeah, that's great, pastor, and not do anything about it. That means by the time we finish preaching and teaching on this, If you're truly convinced of the Holy Spirit that this is the word of God, then you must swing into action. You must be employed in serving God in some way or the other in your local church and extended beyond. But you must be a doer of the word. Amen? Glory to God. So I'm praying that every one of you will be involved in serving God in some area or the other. Now... We talked about the privilege of serving God. We talked about how people who serve God are a special treasure to God and that there will be a difference. There is a book being maintained in heaven and in that book there is a separate section which says who are the ones that serve God and who are the ones that don't serve God. If you don't believe me, you can read it in Malachi chapter 3 verse 18. Then we talked about how God will keep us and keep us safe from all the different attacks in the world. And I showed you how God promises healing and blessing out of Exodus chapter 23, 25 to 27. Then we went on and we talked about the attitude with which, you know, the mindset that we need to have when we serve God. And I told you about how a wrong kind of men mindset has kept people away from serving God. And the wrong mindset has also kept people from receiving the blessing of God. As I said, in the body of Christ, there is no volunteer. You, you believe that? I mean, you, you, you heard me say that, didn't you? There, you're not a volunteer. You are an appointed servant of God. I showed you the appointment. So everyone that is serving God has to understand, I'm not a volunteer. I'm appointed to God. So I'm answerable to God and I'm also answerable to the man that God has placed over my life. Amen. Because remember, when the children of Israel rebelled against Moses and Aaron, God took it very personally. It was considered as rebellion against God. They might not have thought they were rebelling against God, but I want you to understand with the wisdom that God gives us from his word, that when we rebel against God's anointed and appointed leadership, you are actually rebelling against God. So when you're serving God, you have an immediate reference of leadership over you. So you need to be able to flow with that person, whoever that is. And when you begin to murmur, complain and grumble, God takes note of that. And you have to understand that you're appointed. Therefore, you're answerable. You can serve God on your terms. You serve God and I serve God on His terms. Hallelujah. Amen. See, there was a prophet, um, Jonah. He was a prophet. God said, Jonah, go to Nineveh. And Jonah said, no, I want to go to Tarshish. 
So what happened? God prepared a whale. I hope that will not be your experience. Amen. A frustrating time. A time when people had to say, you are the reason for our trouble. Amen. Well, you, you remember this. He is a prophet. But the prophet was the reason for the storm. The prophet was the reason why the boat began to rock up and down and seemed like it would capsize. It was an anointed man of God. But the anointed man was walking in rebellion. Are you with me church? See we got to understand what God is calling us unto. And we got to understand I'm appointed by God. Not to do what I want to do. But I'm appointed to do what he wants to do. Because he has the bigger picture in mind. I am a player. I am a, I, I, I am a tool in the hands of God. To fulfill the entire plan that God has for me. So I need to fit into where God has for me. And when I do my part. Then I am helping the rest of the part. Or rest of the body. To see what God wants to accomplish. And it shall be accomplished. Amen. So remember. You need to have an appointment mindset. Then we talked about the second one. Which is a sower's mentality. And we are now going to look at the investor's mentality. Investor's mentality. You are an investor in the kingdom of God. Number one, you're appointed. Number two, you are a sower in the kingdom. Number three, you are an investor in the kingdom. Look at this. In Luke chapter 2 verse 49. It says, and he said unto them, this is Jesus talking to his earthly mother and father. And he said unto them, how is it that you sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? Wow. At the age of 12. Can you imagine that? At the age of 12. Jesus was. Thinking about. And working. For his father's business. Hallelujah. So when you're involved. In serving God. What are you doing? You are serving God as an investor. in. The, so you have, an in, you have an investment. You're investing your time. You're investing your skill. You're investing your, your energy and whatever God has given you. And so you will receive your portion of the blessing. Amen. Serving the kingdom is doing your father's business. So you, so you work with the mindset of accruing profits. Okay, you're, you're serving with the mindset of accruing profits for the kingdom and not just selfish personal gain. What will I get out of this? No, 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 no. That is how the world will ask. Well, what you and I need to ask is, how will this benefit the kingdom? Because when I look at the benefit of the kingdom, God looks at my benefit. Abraham, this is my purpose. Your seed. Hallelujah. God had a plan in mind. And now. His. Entire program of salvation. Was being introduced. Through the seed of Abram. Because Jesus had to be born to him. So he had to move him out of his nation. Out of his people. Because they were idol worshippers. None of them had any relationship with God Almighty. So, 
Abraham had to be separated and now God needed to establish a deeper relationship with him whereas where wherein Abraham would begin to know how to walk with God and God said if you will do what I'm saying watch this what was the plan of God to take Abraham and out of the seed of Abraham to bring about Jesus and through Abraham to bless the nations of the world amen so in fulfilling the larger picture in fulfilling the vision that God had for mankind, Abraham had to come out from his people. So he said, if you will do that, I will bless you. See, that means you need to drop your business. You need to detach from your relatives. You have to move out from your comfort zone. You have to come away into a place that you have never been. And you don't know how it's going to be out there. But if you will trust me. And you will do this. Why? God had a bigger picture. He never shared the entire picture with Abraham. Now he needed obedience from Abraham. When Abraham began to take his place. And participate with God. In seeing what God's will was to be accomplished. God said I will bless you. See when I'm interested. In profiting the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. When you serve God in a manner. That brings profit to God. Profit to his kingdom. I can assure you. You will not lose your profit. I will bless you. With increased favors. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Abraham. Did not have to work. When he went down to Egypt. When he left Egypt. He was loaded. The Bible says. He was very rich. Why? Because in what he was doing. He was fulfilling. The purposes of God. So when you and I. Play our role. In fulfilling the purposes of God. Remember the church. Is God's purpose. God's will. So when you start serving God in his house. In a manner that will cause the church to grow. To expand. To express the will of God. To have such empowerment. That we influence the policies of the city. Of the state. Of the nation. Wow. When we begin to serve God in that manner. And do what God is calling us to do. I can assure you. You will not be small. You will not be hidden. Nobody lights a candle and puts it under a bushel. And we are the light of Jesus. We're the light of this world. Amen. So when we function in our capacity that God has called us, God is going to lift you up. So church... Don't delay. Today, sign up to serve God in this house. Sign up to do something. Maybe you can become a coordinator, assistant coordinator in the cell system. Or you can serve us in a different capacity. But if your heart is being stirred by the Holy Ghost to say, yes, I want to be not a hearer only, but be a doer, then meet with me. 
meet with my pastors. We will make sure that you have an opportunity to serve God. And when you do it with all your heart, with the right attitude, I'm investing into the kingdom. Amen. I'm what? Investing into the kingdom. You will never miss out of your blessing. Say amen, somebody. Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 1. The words of Nehemiah, and we're going to read a little passage over here. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. It came to pass in the month of Chislu, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jesus. Now, remember that people were taken away as captives, and the city was left, and there were just a few people left over there. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province, he's talking about the people that were still left over in Jerusalem, are in great affliction, number one. Number two, and reproach. Number three, the wall of Jerusalem is broken down. Number four, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. They're giving Nehemiah a report of the status and the condition in which Jerusalem and the inhabitants of Jerusalem are living. Are you with me everybody? Now please understand. Nehemiah is serving in the palace of the king. And is a wine bearer. That means he has face to face connection with the king. Who is a very, very, very extremely powerful king. Probably the, the, the most powerful king of the time in the world. And this guy had, Nehemiah had eye contact and close vicinity. He was not down the line third or the fifth that said, I know, so you know some guys say, I know the CM. You find out he knows his name but nothing else. That's how people try to impress you. I have his phone number. You find out it's the third PA of, of the CM that he's got. He doesn't have any connection. Nehemiah was not like that. Nehemiah had a very, very close connection. And Nehemiah was serving in the palace. So you can understand he was in a very comfortable place. Living in the, in the most developed city in the world. Because that's where the palace was. Very comfortable. Very influential place. When his brethren came, he asked them. And when they told him the state of Jerusalem... And the condition of the people there, look what, is, what happens. It came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept. God, give us that heart. Give us the same spirit that Nehemiah had. When he heard those words that he sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Why did he have to do this? Why did he have? Because he saw the name of God and God's people were being rubbished. When he saw how his people were being oppressed, ill-treated, and were living in a city with no walls, 
how it was easy for the enemy to come in and plunder. How they were an easy target to the enemy to cause havoc and take everything away from them and cause loss to them. When Nehemiah heard that story, he heard that report, his heart sank in him and he began to weep and began to pray and began to fast. Let me tell you, that was not religious. He didn't say, well, okay, I'm going to fast for two days and God will do. No, he could not. He lost appetite for food. He lost appetite for luxury. He lost appetite for fun and entertainment. Because what was on his mind and what, is, what was on his heart is what was close to the heart of God. He said, how can I be enjoying life when the people of God and the city where God's name is and God called that Jerusalem was his city. When that city is in ruins, how can I enjoy life? And that caused his heart to sink and he began to pray and cry and weep for certain days. And he said, Lord, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now day and night. He's praying day and night. He's praying unto the Lord. He didn't pray just once for two minutes and say, Lord, I pray for the protection of Jerusalem. I just pray that you would keep those folk good and provide them with food and clothing and shelter. No. He could not get it off his mind. He could not get it off his heart. He began to cry. He began to pray. Night and day he began to pray. And he said, Lord, you're a covenant keeping God. You'll never forget the covenant. So I'm reminding you of the covenant. And he goes on to say this, Lord, let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray thee, pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments, which thou commandest thy servant Moses. Remember. He's saying, Lord, we broke the covenant. From our side, we did not do what was expected of us. So remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, if we transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. Lord, that is what you said in the covenant. But if we turn unto you and keep my commandments and do them, though they were... They were of you cast out unto the uttermost part of the heaven. Yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant, to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee thy servant this day and grant him mercy in the sight of this man for I was the king's cupbearer. He says, Lord, have mercy on me. Because now, as he was praying, I believe this, as he was praying, For Jerusalem and his people. God put a burden on his heart. What is he? He's a cupbearer. 
But the burden became a vision. Many times that's what happens. You know, some people say, I don't know what God wants me to do. What is it that is bothering you in your life about something in the society? What would you do if you had the resources? Would you bring the correction? Would you do what is needful? Is that a dream that is burning inside you? That is what God wants you to do many times. You see, some people see the unemployed people out there. Young people whose lives are being wasted. And they're getting into addictions and drug addiction and alcoholic addiction. And their lives are being wasted. And there's a burning desire in them saying... If only I could teach them. If only I could improve their, you know, and give them some skill. And they won't get into this kind of nonsense. Their lives will become more fruitful. That is a burning burden that God has placed in your heart. But the reason you're not doing it, you don't have the resources. Nehemiah had no resources. He could not have done anything in his own strength. But he had a burden. When you have a burden and you're praying, God will put you in the place and in the face of people that can provide you resources. I want, to, I want you to understand. When you have the burden and you're praying, that will turn into a vision. And God will cause your steps to come across somebody or some people that can finance or support or provide with the resources you require. It's not daydreaming, it's not wishful thinking, it's something that will not let you sleep. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast channel for past episodes. If you've been blessed by the message today, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. For more content from the King's Temple or to connect with us, visit kingstemple.in. Have a blessed day.